What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. The year is 2023. All media and entertainment is controlled by the corpus. They keep asking for more, and more, and more. But there's one thing they forgot. I'm Carter. Are we going reverse order now? I don't know, man. I just need to do it in Mini Monday, I guess. Carter, Carter really just wanted the song again. It's been a while. So it's been. I like to imagine people just commute to work in the morning, listening to that. They got to just pull over and just wipe the tears. Just sob. It just had been pull over in their sob. In their sob. (laughs) Sobbing in the sob. My cousin had a sob. It's the only sob I've ever been in. It was a convertible and uh, it didn't work very well. So anytime (laughs) we wanted to like put the top up or down, we had to get out and like pull with all of our might to get it to go either direction. Mm -hmm. And so uh, if you were riding with my cousin and it looked like it might think about potentially raining, he would pull Mm -hmm. over and be like, let's just go ahead and let's just go ahead and get the top up. Put this together. Got 30 minutes. We can do it. Who, who I'm Jordan. Did, I guess. Say it? Yeah, here we go. Sorry, I threw us off too early. I'm Doge. Do I still get? Even though it's Mini Monday, style, do I get? I wish you would. I know you. I've it's not Mini Monday. It's not Mini Monday. I've okay, enjoyed so, your quotes. Uh, uh, this one might not be that inspirational, but it's on the list. <laughs> oh, that's weird. All the other ones have been so good and so inspirational. <laughs> this will be the first one that's weird. I'm Doge. If we are not regularly deeply embarrassed by who we are. The chunk to self-knowledge hasn't begun. Huh. If we're not regularly, Im- regularly deeply embarrassed by who we are, the journey to self-knowledge hasn't begun. I don't That's feel good when I hear that. I'm glad you read it then. That's really cool. Because I know you had to, so I'm glad that you yeah. maybe we just got Maybe it. we just sub-embarrassed with curious. Why do I like be curious? See, that to me that if sounds like self knowledge without self acceptance. Yeah. Yeah. What's the point? Unless you're really hard on yourself, unless you're really down on who you were created to be, you're not going to really know who you are. I get it a little bit because I mean, I guess there is a part of. I'm trying to sound different. Me that like 
it, there, there's a lot of embarrassing things that I do, but I don't really care. Maybe, yeah, maybe <laughs> it should be like, if you're not willing to be regularly deeply embarrassed, if you're not willing like to go out on a limb, if you're not willing to just like, you know what, who cares what people think? Let me try stuff. When you get to that point, that's when the journey to self-discovery can begin. Yep. Guys, but it, I don't like I don't like it if it starts out of like a no. I'm embarrassed of me, so I need to be different. No. That's goofy. Uh, that that kind of stuff can come naturally. I don't need anybody to like allow it, to like encourage it. Mm. Be embarrassed of yourself. Um those you mentioned just just trying stuff. Someone who's just trying stuff right now, and it doesn't hurt to have a full-length feature film make over a billion dollars like Mario did. But Nintendo's moving on. It's a, it's something we talked yeah. about. I think during the episode, the Mario episode, I think we brought this up, and I think it's been brought up before. Should we do this animated? Should it be live action? But Nintendo is going to do a Legends of Zelda movie. How do we feel? Not great. Um, there's a There's a few things that... I don't feel great about um number 1 is like a live action Zelda movie. Zelda is just so like naturally cartoonish. It is a that is a really tough thing for me to imagine. Uh, especially right here in the middle of the of Thanksgiving when we were watching like the I mean last week was Princess Mononoke, yeah. this week is Castle in the Sky, both, both have, huge inspirations yeah. Yeah. on like the latest Zelda iteration and it's like Man, how how can that be live action and like not look either so faithful to the games that a live action version looks cheesy right. and like real goofy, or so different from the games and it's dark and gritty that it's not even recognizably Zelda? Sure, I think it's oh, man almost a guarantee that this is Ocarina of Time. Really, I feel like they're going to do like some. The thing I'm expecting, honestly, is a script similar to the Adventures of Tintin script. That like just combines a bunch of things into one distilled experience. I don't think no. so. They have their own stories already. Why would they? I mean, sort of Tintin. Also, I, I, if you, be, I think I'd be surprised we, if it was a straight up one to one of any specific. Let's game. not let's not pretend that Tintin and Zelda are on the same level of modern zeitgeist, though. I feel like if you've got no, Zelda, sure. you pull from the most popular Zelda game of all time, one of the most popular video games ever made. Yeah. Don't you just pull from that? I think I don't know because I think like the the argument then would be like, well, why wasn't uh, why wasn't the Mario movie just Super Mario sixty four? Because Mario doesn't have stories. Yeah, I don't know, man. Paper I think I'd Mario just be surprised. Stories, but regular Mario doesn't have stories; he just has levels. I think I'd be surprised games. if it was a one to one of any game I w- specifically. I've at no point have I considered that it wouldn't be until right now. I think there's from from my perspective. Hmm. Almost no chance that they don't tap into a single story. Because then think about if it does well, they can make a billion. Sure. Yeah. Um, You got to think they're looking ahead. I I bet they're encouraged by how much built-in narrative to this there already is to this IP. They got to be like, yeah, let's just, we can make five. Is live action Zelda really the right answer? But live action is what's strange to me. I don't know what to do about that. Because you've got to, I think... Link needs to be someone we've never seen before. I kind of think so too. It needs to be someone who, hey, do you not mind your career being Link? I guess it's a Daniel Radcliffe situation. Now, granted, yeah. he's been able to break a bit away from it. He's never free of it. He's you're always going to see, depending on 
how old you are. You're always going to see Harry Potter when Daniel Radcliffe is in something. But that's what this needs to be. We need now, to, to have be fair, someone I've never seen. There's only technically three links that are ever the same link in multiple games. Yeah. I mean… You think they could just have a revolving link? They could if they wanted to get weird. But there is a world where this can be pulled off. I don't know that live action is that world in my opinion. But yeah, I mean, man. I'm open to the idea of being blown away at a first trailer or something. But I don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't sound… The fact that I love Zelda doesn't make this any different than if I found out they were doing like a live action Jack and Daxter and I would be like, oh, that's going to be terrible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is it like Miyamoto just because it's a series I love? Miyamoto. 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 Uh, had a quote mm-hmm. saying, we've now officially started the development of the film with Nintendo itself, uh, heavily involved in the production. It'll take time until its completion, but I hope you look forward to seeing it. So there's not even really a date that they've put on this. I yeah. would imagine it'd be years from now. Yeah, this was basically like, hey, we're doing this. Yeah. We're going to try, we're going to start working on this soon. One thing that I most encourage of, and again, we, I feel like every week we talk about the fatigue of Marvel and Star Wars and all these things is it's even referenced in this article from the Hollywood Reporter that was one of the first to break it. Um, Nintendo's incredibly protective of their IP. And so, if there was an assumption as to someone being, as thoughtful as humanly possible and thinking of the fans and all that good stuff. Uh, maybe Nintendo can do that, but I don't that know. That is the thing that I keep thinking of is this is not the first time since what uh, Ocarina was 97. This is not the first time since Ocarina came out that studios have been close to developing a Zelda movie. Yeah. Like it's, it's Sony is certainly not, the first person to make it this far. I mean, this far for sure, but like to make it almost this far in talks with Nintendo. And so there's something about this particular pitch that Nintendo is like, that does feel like that honors our IP. So, well, the cynical side of me says that that, the the selling part of that pitch is we could just do Mario again. Yeah. But it's live action. Yeah. Right. That's the thing. Like, I would be way more cynical if it was like Illumination and they've announced sure. Zelda and Metroid and Star Fox movies all coming out. You know what I mean? Because that to me feels like universe building. But the An fact that an animated Star Fox movie would be wouldn't that so rip? Sick. Yeah, I was going to ask, great. what do you think is next? You know, if we've got two things now, so we've got Mario and Zelda being talked about over there in Nintendo. So it, it, they're not going to just end it there. This, I mean, Donkey Kong feels the, inevitable. Um, yeah. I would say that, like, I mean, six, let's go ahead and say six more Marios. Yeah, Just six as more many Marios, more Marios as you can a imagine. A Donkey Kong movie. I could see a world. So Metroid is insanely popular, like, yeah. insanely popular. I could see a world, probably not for like five to ten years, but I could see a world where we're going to the theater to watch like a Ridley Scott Alien style. Metroid movie. That would be really cool. It would be very cool. That would be fun. It'd be super fun. Definitely uh, get one of those you, IPs that people aren't as familiar with. I mean, I know you said it's really popular, but you yeah. could just stumble upon like, oh, space well, movie. And to be honest oh, with Nintendo? you, like Unreal Engine and stuff is getting to the point where it's so realistic that I don't think we're too far out from like Unreal Engine fully animated yeah. films to where it's like, it doesn't matter you can make it look like real life and the character for real. 
Um, yeah. I think that is probably the next- Like a fa- Final Fantasy <laughs> cutscene? Yeah. Well, there was like Final yeah. Fantasy Advent Children in the early 2000s that was like pretty yeah. good and looked great and just looked like Final Fantasy cutscenes all the time. And I, my guess is that is sort of the next wave of trying something new for animated full-length films is like- Like a real-time rendered thing? Yeah. You could produce it super cheaply if you real-time render it because you don't have to tie up your render farm uh, with like yeah. hours and hours of computational power to produce a frame of your animation. Yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's very possible that that's a direction yeah. that we head in. Uh, I think we're. It feels like we're circling the drain on this live-action Zelda talk. I want to leave us with this one thing: uh, live-action Zelda. I. Is going to be directed by the guy who did the Maze Runner, mm-hmm. uh, and who is directing the latest Planet of the Apes movie, which looks pretty good and fun. Maze Runner was not awesome, but had really, really great, fantastical set pieces, which makes me excited. Uh, when I did see live action, though, my first hope was that it would be our friend Diego Del Gorbo bringing oh. his weird whimsy to the world of Zelda. Oh, but it's, awesome. it's not going to happen. It's interesting how he's been legitimately connected to. So many things that we as everything love. that I love, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like, well, here's what I would have done, and everybody's like, "Damn it!" I that know, would have been great, Diego. Yeah, I know. There was another announcement this last week of like a Bloodborne show is happening, and at this point, it's like, show me the trailer, show me the trailer, and then I'll believe you. Yeah, I think we need to play a game. Okay. I want to play. It's whatever the opposite is of. uh, I want to play Zelda, so I know what the movie is going to be. No, it's the terrifying. It's the most terrifying drop that we have. It's the Rumpelstiltskin game, but it's the backwards one. The Nix it Slipmuir, and then we do the little silly. The oh Rumpel backwards. He's out there rumpling. Oh, you you mean this? That, was that good. one, I do feel that that ice cold uh, down my spine, lower back area. Yeah, he's here. This is where he's here, guys. There's too many boo boo looking movies coming out on this coming soon mm-hmm. side of things. That's a fact. I'm just gonna I'm gonna give you the title of these movies. If you've heard us play Rumpelstiltskin before, I usually will just read a synopsis or a movie info off of Flickster, and then they have to guess the name of the movie. Today, I'm going to give them the movie, and now they have to do the opposite. They have to give me the movie info. So whoever gets closest wins on that one. And we're going to start with one that is called, and it it has a release date of November 14th, Monsternado. Oh. Oh. Amazing. Monsternado. Who would like to start? Doge, I'm going to let you start, man. I forget. Do we, we do this like history. synopsis style? Do we say it synopsis style or do we just like describe? Mm-hmm. We've done that before where we like combined the games. Do you want to each describe and see who gets closer? Or do you want to synopsis us it? Those are two different games though, yeah. You're saying combine synopsis us and rumples. In- oh, you weren't saying us. You were saying, do we do it synopsis right. style? Y- yes, do it synopsis style. Just, just say the synopsis. So I just say I just say what I think it is. Yeah. Yeah, not like you're describing Ooh. it, but like you would have written a synopsis about what mm-hmm. Monsternado mm-hmm. is. Yeah, Monsternado. Toto, I don't think we're in sanity 
anymore. Mm. When the tornado hits middle of nowhere, Kansas, things couldn't get any worse, except they do when it's discovered that the tornado is filled to the brim with mythical creatures ready to destroy the small Kansas town set upon by this spinning wind funnel of doom. <laughs> and all that's going to happen in 92 minutes. It's crazy. Or less. Oh, it's probably. 92 minutes? Or less, probably. Yeah, there's probably some credits. Probably 90 minutes. It's got like a 10, I heard it has a 10 minute opening sequence that's just title and, uh, and the 30 minute credits. intermission. Yeah. So people can go to the bathroom and get snacks. Go get some snacks. It's just a QA with the monsters while you go to the bathroom. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> the real monsters who made the real film. Yeah, it was, it was pretty wild. Why was, was that my first monster voice? It wasn't even much I, different I than mine. No. I remember this day on set. <laughs> <laughs> they brought me all the blood I could drink. The vampire. The vampire. I have a hard time calling vampires monsters. At least the the intelligent kind from movies. Yeah, that's the humanity mm. in you, man. Mm. Just that's guy. really big of you. You're just wow. nice. Wow. <laughs> Out here overcoming monster prejudice, one monster <laughs> type at a time. Look, if you're not willing to be embarrassed. <laughs> yeah, then how are you? Then you, if you're not embarrassed anything. of yourself, you don't love yourself. <laughs> The monster world is at war. European monsters are fighting each other. American monsters have joined in the fray. How will the monster war end? The second war of the world monsters? The formation of the Monster North Atlantic Treaty Organization. The Monster (laughs) NATO. I bet that's it. Oh, wow. I bet it's Monster NATO, probably. Here's what's unfortunately just the actual movie info. Y'all both did excellent. A tornado infested with prehistoric monsters. Oh, so it's just dinosaurs. Has formed in the Bermuda Triangle and is making its way towards land. Would that be a cyclone? Pterodactyls. Giant octopuses, crocodiles, and more attack. Now the city must fight to survive against these deadly creatures. So these aren't monsters then. Not monsters. They're creeped. I do want to watch that though. (laughs) Yeah, I kind of do too. There's a T-Rex in that tornado. There's also some things I've never seen before with my eyes. Monsters, that's what you call them. Now that we've done that part, I want to look up the poster myself. (laughs) <laughs> While you're looking at the poster, here's our next movie. Casting Crowns, Home by Sunday. Oh my God. I can't believe that. Actually, I take it back. I have no problem believing that. November 30th. When their tour bus breaks down outside of Phoenix, Christian rock band Casting Crowns must do everything it takes to get home by Sunday, including... Stealing cars and planes and in, while they're inside them, going above the speed limit. <laughs> Emphasis on above. I don't know where their home is. Maybe they live in Phoenix and it's a really short drive after their bus breaks down. <clears throat> <clears throat> Excuse me, just clear my throat for this. When casting crowns get separated from their dad at the airport on their way to Florida for Christmas vacation, <laughs> they end up alone, stranded and scared in the Big Apple, New York City. 
the band must band together to fend off the sticky bandits, save their aunt's home, and get home by Christmas. Youth group just got a little zany. Mm. It's a long one, but I'm going to read it all. Celebrate 20 years of music and ministry in this brand new documentary detailing the extraordinary oh, journey a documentary? of casting crowns exclusive to theaters. Known worldwide for their poignant songs of truth, casting crowns are arguably one of the most successful CCM artists in the last two decades. The Grammy-winning multi-platinum selling group has sold more than 13 million albums worldwide, earned 15 grand. Blah, 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 blah. I'm not going to read it all. Honest Yet, to God, despite- I think I heard Home by Christmas and just rolled with that. I really do yeah, I think like that it. that's what Home happened by in my brain. Yet, despite the many accolades, to Mark Hall, Casting Crown's lead singer and songwriter, his most important title is, do you want to guess what it is? Despite all the accolades. Dad. Um, it's Dad. Uh, uh, I, it's either Dad or Follower of Jesus. Youth Pastor. Oh, God. Still? Oof. Isn't he like in his that's 50s? That's tough. Also, is he a dad? That's the bigger question. Is he a dad? I don't care about my kids at all, dude. Also, also, I cannot wait to be terrorized by people yeah. that I know who know me and also know that I like movies being like, you're going to see it, right? No. Blanket, you see no. It. No. Blanket, our casting no. Crew, casting crew, Gregory our casting Smith, the director. crew, our casting crew. Our cast and crew, Gregory Smith, director, and then it just says they got Greg casting Smith crowns. <laughs> it's too. Oh dang, they did get Greg, Greg Smith on this. Oh, hey, honestly, good on you, Greg Smith, because if you're not deeply embarrassed of the projects that you're undertaking, <laughs> you'll never do a good one. <laughs> this seems like a good start. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. They wanted me to do this documentary about how this band of fifty-year-olds are still youth pastors. I guess I don't know. <laughs> I don't get it, man. I don't, I'm not sure. No, dude, you don't get it because they're huge musicians, but also they still come home every Sunday to be youth pastors. And there's nothing our kids at our church love more than their 50 year old youth pastor. <laughs> Guys, I've got one more movie for us. Oh my God. Yeah. And it's called Casting Crowns Home by Monday. Home by no. <laughs> my most important title Casting Grounds, Napper. Back on the Road. Holiday yeah. Twist. Comes out December 1st. So it's called Holiday Holiday Twist. Twist. It's a kid family holiday comedy and romance. Oh. Oh. Neil McDonough, Sean Astin. Interesting. I love Neil McDonough and Sean Astin. Wow. Can you believe it? It's them. What a shoe. What a bad poster. Wow. When Dan Holly, local bartender, comes up with his own signature holiday cocktail, it takes the world by storm. He ends up at the Bartending Nationals, happening on December 24th. But will he make it home in time to be the most important thing a man can be? A Christmas father? Or will he spend all of his energy (laughs) making his drink with a little holiday twist? Chunkies, I gotta let you know, you know, the magic of editing, you understand that there's probably some big gaps that we have. Usually, if we're ever cutting out silence for people to ponder, it's me just scrolling through trying to find the 56th credit of someone who's got 110 credits in a Star Wars war. <laughs> you need to know that these guys jump into these immediately. If you've ever hung out with us in person, you get it. The wit, the wisdom. But I'm just, I'm always the power, by this. the grace, the charisma, the, power. the deep 
embarrassment. Deep at everything I am. Doge holiday twist. What'd it be? Holiday twist. Santa Claus twist is an orphan in 19th century England. Befriends a gang of thieves, including somebody called the Artful Dodger. His most famous moment in the movie comes when he asks for to please have some more porridge. I like the intersection <laughs> of great bit spoken like somebody who's never spoken English before. <laughs> Ask for to please have some more. Best part of movie? I'm glad you asked. It's when he asked for to please have more porridge. I love when synopsis is Are you done? The Avengers are back. Oh, I feel like we interrupted you. The Avengers are back to fight evil. And the best part of a movie is when Iron Man says, I'm Iron Man snaps. That's my synopsis. Oh, my gosh. Holiday twist. And boy, does this get me in the mood for doing maybe some hallmarking again this year. Uh-oh. I was just, I was thinking about that this week. I Jordan, would love to do more Jordan hallmarks. Jordan and I talked about this, Doge. I think it's going to happen at this I point. I think so, too. Good. We need Great. to, we need to watch you decided that without me again. You got off the call really fast last week because you had to poop so bad. Yeah. Oh, so that's we were true. Like, oh, what if we did the hallmarks again? Holiday twist centers on a, boy, man, if this, it's going to happen. If this doesn't get you in the mood. Centers on a high-powered female executive and grinchy workaholic CEO. Done. That's every single Hallmark movie. Locked in. Whose whole world comes crashing down because of unforeseen circumstances, despite her self-perceived importance. With help from a Salvation Army Santa and a little holiday magic, the protagonist finally realizes the key to letting go of her painful past is the answer to becoming the twinkling light that both her community and her family need. It's sure to inspire audience to be resilient, forgiving, transformative, and embarrassed. Yeah. I added that. I'm so glad you did. I added that. Dude. Does this come straight to streaming in December? Could we do this movie? Find joy in the journey. I don't know. I'll figure this out. But look at the how bad this poster is. That's pretty bad. Twizzed. Twizzed. Oh, it is? Holiday twist. Uh, If you're listening, the S is backwards because it's quirky. It's like kind of winking at you. It just says coming soon. There's a place that also says buy tickets, but it doesn't show anywhere to buy them. So we'll see. But this one Maybe that's unrelated. Maybe that's like if you've got a raffle coming up, if you're going to the fair, just remember to buy tickets. (laughs) On another note, buy some tickets. (laughs) Um, There's so many Christmas movies coming out. That's exciting. Can we go to shout announcement? I guess we should go to shout announcement. Let's go. It's shout announcements. Welcome to Shout Announcements, everybody's favorite part of the show. It's the part of the show where we give shout-outs and make announcements. Shout-out to us for being so dang cute this time of year, baby. We're bringing it. We're bringing it. And I think so nobody cute. talks about it. I think nobody talks about how hard we're bringing it. So I'm going to talk about it. We're so bringing cute. it hard. Doge? Next week, we will be watching and discussing Howl's Moving Castle. Uh, I really appreciate that as an iteration on the concept of the castle in the sky. Uh, what if there was one that was not in the sky but did move? And they made a movie about that one too. And we're going to watch that one. We're going to watch all the different kinds of castles sometimes. that there are. Maybe not. 
Maybe that's a way I you can no move. Idea. That's a, a destination to which it is possible to move. Flying is moving. That's what they always say. Also, nope, there's no transition there at all. The Lone Striker Showdown, thank y'all for coming out. It was a blast. Uh, Jordan and I are even more famous than we were before. Um, that's what matters most. It's true. Thank you guys for coming out to Crossbar. It was a lot of fun. Soccer Dave, a true talent. Uh, now that you've hung out with Soccer Dave, now that you've hung out with Soccer Dave, I need you to, like, is Soccer Dave going to be doing Howl's Moving Castle next week with you guys? Or do I still No. Get to Can we talk about this off mic? I feel like it's going to get uncomfortable um, for you specifically. What if I told you I haven't even reached the depths of my embarrassment? I can still get more embarrassed. <laughs> that's, Does that make you want to keep me on the no, show? No, that's why you have to move on. That's why you've got to just, oh, if you love something, yeah. hey, I've got to find something that embarrasses me even more than this. Because if you love something, let it go. Mm. So that so that we can move on without you. He works back into our great good graces by joining soccer and being soccer player. Mm, soccer so that he can take the same route that soccer did. Yeah. Did. Yeah. He's here. Just missing all the talent. Infinity FC Dallas playing playing for striker for them. And here he is now. Back to the show, I suppose. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. What does innovation sound like? It sounds like the luxury of being in the moment with your customer, client, or patient. It sounds like having the right information right when you need it. It sounds like being at your best for your customers and your business. Thanks to Highland's intelligent content solutions that improve digital processes, innovators everywhere are able to do their thing better, whatever that thing is. Now, who doesn't like the sound of that? Highland, for innovators everywhere. Visit highland.com. Do you have that one piece of clothing you keep going back to no matter how full your closet is? Having a versatile, high-quality favorite feels great. But having a whole closet full of them feels even better. American Giant puts the quality, durability, and comfort they're famous for into everything you need for your spring days. From premium t-shirts and jeans to lightweight French terry joggers and their legendary best hoodie ever. Whether you're dressing for work, the gym, or happy hour, you're sure to find your next closet go-to from American Giant. And it's all made in America and designed to last a lifetime. Get 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's American-Giant.com, code STAPLE20. Doge, give me a synopsis of, uh, uh, of actually this one. You're going to do that thing where you're like, he forgot to pull it. I didn't forget. I just thought I'd have more time. I set my phone down on the corner of my desk. didn't have my app open. I love when you get yeah. defensive. Preemptively. <laughs> Prefensive. Defensive. Uh, as opposed to like post-fensive, like after it's already happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The best defense is pointing out what someone might say beforehand. Yep. That's what we The best said. synopsis Uh-oh. comes to us this week from Nick Reganis. Heard of him. On a cloudy night, Brave Pazu, an engineer's apprentice with a heart of gold, discovers Sheeta the mysterious girl who fell from the sky. Not knowing what to expect, 
The boy approaches her, drawn by the iridescent, almost mystical light emanating from Sheeta's necklace. But the same gem has already caught unwanted attention. Now with dangerous sky pirates and the unstoppable agents of a shadowy organization hot on their trail, Sheeta and Pazu embark on a challenging quest to decipher the meaning of the intriguing crystal amulet. Legend has it that Lapida was a mythical floating island. After all, Pazu's father was confident that he had seen it. Will the young allies unravel the pendant's puzzling secret and the myth of the floating castle in the sky? I never get to be pedantic with you, Doge, but it is Pazu. What did I say? Pazu. Did you watch this? <laughs> I did watch it. So is it like a... It, is it spelled incorrectly in Nick's version? Is it P-A-Z-U, yeah. but the Z is like the special pizza Z that has a T in it right. that you don't know about? Correct. Okay. Whoa. I never realized the T in pizza. Oh, I just did it. Pizza. Pizza. Pete. Yep. It's not pizza. Sometimes That's I'll call tower. it Pete. Sometimes I'll say I want to get a slice of Petey. That's right. <sighs> uh, get a little Petey pie. Say, do you actually Can say I get that? a little Petey pie? 100%. Buy a large wow. Petey pie. Jordan, you absolutely heard Peter. me. Heard me talk about let's get a slice of Petey. I honest to God have never heard you say that, but I, I said believe that you all though, the time. When we, I said it when it's funny. I've said it lots of I've times. I've never heard it before, I believe but it. I believe it. That is true. This, what a whiplash, eh, from Mononoke to this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, a little bit. I do like that we pick up on there is similar vibes. Like you can tell it's the same creator. For sure. That's always mm-hmm. fun to me. This is the first one, yeah? First Studio yeah, Ghibli? the first one under the yeah Studio Ghibli name. Something that I love about uh, Miyazaki is his obsession with flying machines. Um, he has so many movies with like… Uh, what's the like all-encompassing word for like… Not hot air… Like dirigibles? Is that the right word? Where it's like… I think so. Yeah. Wow. That's a great word. Um, airships. That was my favorite yeah, airships. snack as a kid. He's got this obsession with like airships and different flying machines. Uh, there's like massive airships in several of his uh, films uh, to the point where there's like pretty cool appreciation videos for like the different flying machines of Studio Ghibli. Um, and uh, it's really on display it here in a fun way. I think that like something that Miyazaki that Studio Ghibli in general is really, really excellent at, um, both from an art direction perspective and just from like a world-building perspective, is um, like the technology of a film and having it be like um, congruent with everything else that's going on. Like it never feels like… Yeah. It never feels like it's like, with all this technology, how are they still facing this problem? You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Sometimes I think creative uh, departments in films can back themselves into corners when they make technology or Harry Potter magic, for instance, so all-encompassing and advanced that it's like, how is this a problem they're actually facing here? Um, And I think that it always feels like really fantastical technology um, with really smartly told stories inside that world. Yeah. Smart and thoughtful is what I'm already picking sure. up on. Just Miyazaki in general. I think he just hits on everything that lends itself to immersion like into a world. Totally. Which is being really thoughtful about the way uh, things move uh, and the way things look. Uh, our set, our costume continues to just be like 
unique and just different enough in some places that you're like, oh, that's kind of a homebrew. You know, it's not like watching Star Wars and just seeing completely new races and being like, wow, he put it, Lucas really put his spin on this one. It's like taking some elements that are already pretty familiar, but going ahead and putting it in a just fantastical enough world that you're like, oh, I think I could go there. It's great. There's something incredibly, and this might be narrow casting to um, only a handful of people, but there's something about this movie in particular uh, with Patsu and especially the pirates that is very um, like Mega Man, um, Dr. Wily, Mega Man 64. Like it's all incredibly... um, like that Capcom brand of weird in a way that I really like. Uh, Agreed. In fact, this was funny. It was funny. And we don't really get that with uh, Mononoke. Sorry. With Mononoke. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. That wasn't that funny. I don't think I laughed once. My, <laughs> my super pump for this movie is the, the sky pirates. I cool. loved their everything. <laughs> yeah. Everything Dola about was them hilarious. was so funny. Um, I love that the, the, the like every good pirate respects his mom was great. I don't know. Their whole vibe was like exactly what this movie needed for me. Um, just like a little injection of fun in the middle of sort of like a very, um, oh, what's the word? Not navel gazy, but like kind of like a introspective. Yeah. Ponderous. Yeah, like a ponderous movie. Their their yeah. injection of fun was was desperately needed, yeah. and I really really loved uh, like everything from their uh, machines to mom to all the boys just being weird. I don't know. I thought it was great. Yeah, I thought it was great, and it's another Miyazaki theme. It's uh, the second Miyazaki movie I've seen, so I can't assume really it's a theme yet. But just having clear and differing like motivations from everybody. Sure. There's not a, there ultimately ends up being like a clear this bad villain, guy. I think this we've villain got a, was pretty we've got a bigger bad. Yeah. We've got a bigger bad here than we did in uh, Mononoke, Mononoke. But I think that's the point too. His motivation yeah, was like, actual evil. Where yeah. nobody's Love the twistiness. in Mononoke. Love the twistiness of like, from the from the jump, we it's an action piece right from the start, sure. just like we did with Mononoke. It's a really strong opening. Yeah, very strong opening, and you're just there's there was a subversion of expectations as to who was bad in that scene and who was good. Yeah, uh, obviously gonna know that the little girl is right because any kid like in a movie is is not gonna be like a a big bad but the she, villain. She yeah. yeah, who is so unfortunately. My super dump is similar to the Mononoke super dump in that there was a voice actor that I couldn't completely hang on to. Yeah. And it feels bad because I'm going to say this about a 10-year-old. I think she was maybe, I don't know exactly how old she was, but Anna Paquin, she dips in and out of, and here's the thing. Uh, she was, she's like got Canadian and New Zealand, like Kiwi parents, right? So she's, a bit of a mix in terms of her linguistics, like how she talks. And she just couldn't find home base, I think, in this movie. Well, and grew up times, in New Zealand, right? She grew moved up to in New Zealand, Zealand as a yeah. Kid. So yeah. I would have loved if she just stayed with that New Zealand accent, like with the, that, that kind of Kiwi, like that Australian accent. Yeah. Uh, that would have been fine for me. 
but we kind of dip you, back and you forth. You do know and those think, are two different places. I just they are. I yeah. just want to make yeah. sure that you know. Yes, I'm just saying in that region. Sure. If we would have just stayed in that region, um, I would have been cool with that. Or just there were times that she just sounded completely American. Yeah, and it, it wasn't until like the very first few lines we hear from her are the ones that don't sound anything. Like she has an accent, and then she says something like "no" or like I, I don't know what it no. was. Yeah, and I was the like, crystal. Oh. It just kind of threw me off a little bit. Our my Nicholas, my Nicholas, the pirates. Our nor the pirates took my Nicholas. That's Australia <laughs> and New Zealand coming together, bringing the world together, baby. <laughs> no, I agree. I thought that the the in and out. Their not their nature of her accent was pretty distracting. Um, I, had a, I had a tough time with that as well. May I super dump? Yeah. Followed very closely behind by my super pump. I'll do it all right now. Uh, if you guys see me like a picture or I get, send you a text that I have received a katana in the mail. It is because my advice would be that this film should have been cut down. Oh, same. That's my super uh, dump as well. My super dump is how absolutely uh, overlong this movie is. Like, I, it's 30 just, minutes. Yeah, I think it could be a 90-minute thing instead of two hours and six minutes. Um, but it was just, the pacing was so, so tough for me. It was I, I short broke this bursts. into like, Three segments. I watched it like 45 minutes at a time, I guess. Uh, and just like, I need to stand up and take a little break from this. Because it just, for whatever reason, did not grab me until until they got to the castle in the sky. And I was like, okay, this is what I've been needing. But I needed this 45 minutes in, not an hour and 20 minutes yeah. in. That's why I like the pirates so much. They helped me a lot. Um, their yeah. like, humor and stuff, especially in act two, like getting to Laputa. They were very fun. Yeah. But man, I mean, act All one, the military stuff, like gosh. Mark Hamill with talking with Goofy's neighbor Pete was like yeah. so completely exhausting to the, me. The whole yeah. beginning with Patsu at like the mine and all, I don't know. It didn't, it was, it yeah. was all pretty slow for me. Also, what's up with Japan and ascots? Yeah, that's a thing, huh? Yeah. Especially in that era of like Loving Japanese them. animation. They, ascots- Man, it's like I love it. They saw Scooby Doo and they're like, "Let's do that." What's cooler than a bandana? Wear your bandana backwards. Sure. That's yeah, cooler. That is cooler. That's amazing. That's a good point. I do have to say, I I I liked Act One. Um, I thought it was super charming. I loved Patsu. I loved the scene where he gets on the roof and kind of wakes up the town by playing. I loved trumpet. that. Yeah, that's cool. I thought that was super sweet. I loved going into the mine. Uh, and seeing our uncle down there and him talking about there's the sage, you know, we've got the the wisdom again that finds a cave and tells us exactly how the world works. And, you know, that's that's fun. But yeah, I, I enjoyed it. It wasn't as slow for me. I think in terms of pacing, the things I could have used less of were the stressful music that lasted really long. That would just be like a consistent like giga, 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 giga. And it would just do that for like three <laughs> straight minutes. And like, dude, yeah. I love the animation of this robot blowing stuff up and it getting magmatized, but man, can we yeah. turn the music down a little bit? It was stressful. The like really, really short looping music uh, mm-hmm. that was MIDI, that was like not real instruments, 
totally made me feel like I was watching Saturday morning cartoons. It yeah, felt like a sure. really long Saturday morning cartoon to me. Especially measured against the soundtrack, which is great. Like the, I, I yeah. know that's all part of the soundtrack, but there were the moments that were f- way more composed uh, were just really beautiful. It's I our really same guy that. who does all of them. Joe Hisaishi, mm-hmm. I think his name is. Uh, absolutely mm-hmm. wonderful. I've been listening to the Mononoke soundtrack like all week since we watched that one last oh, week. Oh, really? But he's extremely good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the So again, we're going to talk about Zelda again here. The Mononoke main theme is almost exactly the Tears of the Kingdom main theme. Mm. Like Some clear, huge inspiration there. Yeah. I think also this, the like, the castle in the sky, Lapita really reminded me of like the sky islands and that kind of. I believe like, it's been cited as a direct uh, inspiration. Aesthetically, yeah, it like totally, totally looked like. Even with like the, the constructs stuff. being like keepers of uh-huh. the islands, you know, like I think. Yeah, everything down to even the design of the little turrets that come out of the bottom, mm-hmm. like the uh, really intricate like metal work on those looks like the metal work in the new Zelda. Yeah. Like it's so. I don't know. It's so clearly an inspiration. Yeah. Yeah. Which I, I can understand because Laputa visually and conceptually is like one of the best things about this movie. Um, I think it is the best thing about the movie. Is that your super that pump? Super pump? No. Oh. I just, I've uh, been, then it sounds uh, like maybe it's not just the get, best thing about the movie, huh? Just getting a hand on the ball. I will super pump. Yeah. Oh. My Bring super pump is the ambition and scope of this movie, totally. uh, which I think is pretty similar to what I enjoyed about Mononoke. Uh, like at the time this came out, so we watched the Disney dub, which was released in 2003. This movie came out in 1986, the same time as Disney was doing uh, the great mouse detective Fox and the hound a couple years before they did the little mermaid and the Disney Renaissance like really kicked off. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, And so I I know that it's, it's maybe reductive, but it exists in conversation with the Disney films at the time. Uh, and there's just such a difference in terms of scope and ambition and the kind of story we're trying to tell. And I love the story that we are telling here. Like, it's extremely good. Yeah. Um, and I think that's really, really commendable and something that made this so unique, uh, even watching it almost 30 years, almost 40 years later. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I found myself uh, with this unfair assumption, like when you hear, especially when I read it, it was Studio Ghibli's first like feature film, like their first big film. Uh, I was building structures in my mind of what it would be like based off of firsts that I'd seen of other things, sure. right? So it's like, I'm thinking about Snow White. I'm thinking about Bugs Life, <laughs> which was a ton of fun for Pixar, but we Toy literally story. made, uh, Toy Story, sorry. We literally made it a room. Like we kind of made like, oh, here's the, the scope of it was not much. We jump in yeah. a car and go to a pizza place, you know, but there's, there's not much else that happens there. But yeah, to have the scope here and it just feels so massive so early yeah. on. And just the trust that Miyazaki has mm-hmm. uh, or, and the trust that he has in those working on the film and the trust they have in him to put in the time to build a world like yeah. this is just pretty awesome. I thought it was super impressive for being a mid to late 80s animated feature. Yeah. It was yeah, unbelievable. Unbelievable. And I, I think that uh, once again, I find myself impressed by somebody I didn't know I would enjoy their voice acting, but James Vanderbeek, I thought- Old Oss. I thought he was great. Yeah. You've done it again. He finds these these boys 
Oh, Billy Crudup back yeah. in uh, Mononoke. Like, yeah. and, and they just do a really good job. Yeah, I thought quite a bit the last week about how impressed I was with Billy Crudup in Princess Mononoke. But I think similarly impressive is James Vanderbeek here. I think that his performance as mm-hmm. Patsu is emotional and fun. And like uh, Patsu has all the makings of like a great uh, animated like counterpart and hero like he's just sort of like yeah. stupidly brave with mm-hmm. no real regard for his own safety which is very fun um yeah. yeah yeah i think i think i think he's one of the things that works super well here um and i actually think most things yeah. do for me i really do think the biggest shadow over this movie for me is is just what we were talking about earlier doge i, I just think it's the runtime i don't know there was yeah the pacing the pacing of i would call it <laughs> where zero is the beginning of the movie and 100 is the very, very end, I would call it from like 20 to 50. Yeah. The pacing was pretty rough for me. Yeah. I feel like I agree. Streamlined. It felt, it felt like, I think it wouldn't have bothered me if I'd seen it as a kid, uh, but it did feel like trying to, uh, trying to watch the Spider-Man cartoon uh, that aired on Fox when we were kids. Oh, trying to watch it as an it. adult. Yeah. It's, it is so clear that like stuff is condensed and squished to fit into that 22 minute runtime. And it just kind of like, you have to really try to engage with it. And I think that that may be a problem with the dub as well here too, sure. because some lines were so rushed and some were so drawn out to fit the, the animation of our Japanese voice actors. Uh, and I, I don't have any idea how to solve that, uh, but that's a problem that I did not feel was apparent in Mononoke that I did feel the like, it felt like very translated here. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and I think that too, since it's a 2003 release of a 1986 movie, the voices are in a much higher quality than everything else. Like the the sound effects are way lower quality. The music is much, much lower quality, yeah. like physical recording quality than our voices are. And it was like a little jarring to me. Yeah. Interesting. I think also to not have music throughout, like even have something playing during dialogue lightly really yeah. slows things down too. When yeah, there's a lot of silence. Echoing cave footsteps for 20 seconds. Uh, there was a scene in, uh, in uh, when they're in the castle in the sky, when that Lapida, where uh, Muska has given uh, Patsu time. He says, I'll give you one minute to go talk to Shida. And we just see this like, Pretty wide shot. And they just go ahead and give us Patsu walking the whole way. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it felt like that took yep. 10, 10 seconds. And I'm like, my guy, you only you got a hurry. minute. And this dude's got a gun. <laughs> you got to get over there. And it just showed the like little animation of him just walking all the way over. Just the tiniest part of the screen. I thought that was so funny. <laughs> um, I thought the robots were cool. Super cool. And I also love the robot. I think very I'm a iron sucker, giant. Very iron giant. Yeah. I think I'm a sucker for um like robot caretaker roles. Like I think I love the idea Dude. of like a robot who's just like protecting the animals heartstrings and tending the garden. Yeah. I think it's yep, really fun. Yep, 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 yep. Pull those heartstrings. Uh obviously Mark Hamill did a phenomenal job. Yeah, of course. I, yeah. I, just yep. so good. Mark Hamill's and, always interesting because every once in a while he comes out. But a lot of times he really disappears yeah. into roles and voice roles. But every once in a while, 
you're like, there's the Joker or there's Luke Skywalker. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like just it's like every power converters. Yeah. <laughs> just every once yeah. in a while, he peeks his head out and you're like, ah, I found you. Interested to see if Miyazaki keeps with this uh, the thing theme here. He happens to always have a cast member from the thing doing voice acting. So mm. we'll see. We'll see. Wait, Uncle what? Tom was. Yeah. So Richard Dysert, I think is his name. Who is the voice for Uncle Palm? Yeah. He was in, he was in. Uh, he's got the the weird nose ring character in the thing. If you remember that, okay. Yep. And then in Mononoke, obviously we had um, Doctor Facilier. Can't remember his name. Keith David. Keith David. Yeah, was in Mononoke. But overall, I thought the voice acting was better in this movie than it was in Mononoke like, as a whole. Because even then, Anna Paquin was great. She was good. Yeah. She just uh, couldn't stick with it like myself herself wanted to, as if I know things. I think I agree. I think for me, Mononoke had like a certain intensity to it that made some of the voice acting feel a little like forgivable. Um, yeah. So I'm having a hard time in retrospect, like comparing the two. But I did, yeah. I thought the voice acting was really good. Shout out to Cloris Leachman. Um, I thought that yeah. she was so yeah, much fun. Yeah, this is the fun. second time we've used her already. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I I really I really enjoyed the voice acting in this one as well. I thought it was great. So, um, my super pump is the climax. Is the end? Is that the castle in the sky prevails and is almost stronger because just nature was fighting against whatever this most powerful, you know, or or this this world power. How it just all fell away, mm-hmm. and then the castle yeah. just kind of floats to infinity. Well, it's interesting really that, that the destruction spell seems like all it destroys is the castle's ability to attack. Yeah, I think that didn't the destruction spell destroy all the ethereum? Yeah. The magic ore? I It can't, that's right? Because that's how it floats. Right, so some of it has to still be there. Hmm. I think. Don't Unless know. maybe ethereum was keeping it grounded. We know mm, we don't Ethereum understand. was sucking it down to the ground. We don't understand Ethereum. Ethereum is also a cryptocurrency, and I don't understand that one either. There it is. Seems like Ethereum's just a theory. Dang. Um, um Aquarium. That's where fish live, Carter. Let's rate this movie using the scientific cinema scale, which is perfect and as follows. The best thing we could ever say about a movie is own it. Don't lend it. Buy, buy that, that poster. poster. The next best thing is buy it. Let's follow by rent it. And then stream it. After that is forget it. And last but certainly least, the worst thing we could ever say about a movie. God hath forsaken us. I'm going to rent Castle in the Sky. Um, I enjoyed it. I, I, uh, it didn't hit for me the same way that Mononoke did, but I, I did enjoy it and I can appreciate it for what it is. But uh, the dragging on part made it, Made it a little bit tough. I don't know that this will be a rewatch for me personally, but uh, I do think it's strong. And um, the visuals hold up for being as old as it is. I thought that the script is fun. It's a good movie. It, it really is. It's just not my particular flavor, I think. Um, so yeah, it's a rent for me. I'm going to stream this one. Um, I think I love it more in concept than in execution. Uh, I think the concept is maybe maybe outpaces the ability to deliver on that concept. Uh, but I'm going to stream it. I think it's a great 
movie to watch. And then it's okay if you like hear a voice and you're like, I wonder who that is. And then kind of go down a little IMDB hole with them because there's, you'll have time to catch back up. So I'm going to stream it. I'm going to buy it. Um, This hit a different kind of nostalgia for me. And maybe it's because I'm older. I don't know. But it had shades of, especially with the vibe of our pirates, of like Time Bandits, uh, The Adventures of Baron Munchausen, Labyrinth. It had a lot of that for me uh, in that really fun 80s vibe. But to see it with, you know, the Miyazaki flair, I really enjoyed it. I didn't have as much problem uh, with the pace as you guys did. So I I, I buy this movie. I really enjoyed Castle in the Sky. Cool. We did it. We did it. That would be a fun series, by the way. Just going with the Jim Henson, like like anything that he did in the 80s. You know, we love us some Henson. We love some Henson. Mm Mbop. My favorite. Mm Mbop. Mbop. That was a terrible Kermit. Uh, Next week, we're going to do Howl's Moving Castle, um, which uh, I'm very excited about. These last two movies uh, of the series, Howl's Moving Castle and Spirited Away, are two movies that have always felt, along with Princess Mononoke, like major blind spots for me that I haven't seen. Yeah. And these last two totally ran away with the vote too. Yeah. There's a pretty huge gulf between like these, between Spirited Away and Howl's Moving Castle and then the other two. Yeah. It's unsurprising. I think both of these, at least least Spirited Away always shows up in these lists of like AFI's 100 movies to watch before you die. Yeah. Yeah. Like, good. Yeah. So I'm really excited about both of those, make sure you stick with us as we walk through them. It'll be before fun. we before we fully wrap, we need to rate this on the Chili'someter as oh, well. Oh, that's right. Was watching this movie better or worse than going to Chili's and getting a triple dip? Worse. I think I put it below going to Chili's and getting a triple dip. Me too. I think it's better. Better than a triple dip. Better than Chili's. Than a triple dipper Southwest egg rolls. I know. Better. Ranch dressing okay. with your chips. It makes sense for where I was on the scientific scale, yeah. Yeah. too. That's fair. That avocado That's fair. ranch with those egg rolls is something. I know, oh, man. man. It's something All right. We can't do it no, again. <laughs> we can't do it again. They're not going to pay us for that branded okay, content we free, gave them baby. last week. I'll do it for free. Chick-fil-A baby. tried. Chick-fil-A tried, yeah. and it's okay. Stick to what you know. Oh, I thought you meant… I thought you were saying they tried to pay us. I was like, we… Have to take their money. Why did we turn give it, it down. to us? <laughs> well, we made Crazy. fun of the Casting Crowns movie, so they pulled funding. Dude, uh, Jordan, if it wasn't on the tip of my tongue, <laughs> you took it. So from sorry, me. so sorry. Oh man, now I just want chilies. So there's that. Morning, morning recordings are not good for our diets. No, no, no. Because we always talk about food. Sets me and down. It's a never the path. food that's good for you. That's good I just for your become, body. It's good for you. I become fixated on the food that we've talked about. And it's like, I've got to have, it's something I never crave. It's like, I got to have Carl's Jr. today because yeah. we mentioned right. it offhand. Right. Also, anywhere in the Metroplex, we're all five minutes away from 20 spots. Yeah. Yeah. That can scratch the itch of what we talk about on this podcast. That's true. Uh, to end today's episode, I'd like for each of us to say our name and what job we would have on the flying pirate ship. <laughs> What job would we have at Chili's? At Chili's. I'd be a bartender. <laughs> For two chunks and a hunk, my name is Jordan, and I think I'd be the morale guy. Um, it sort of feels like uh, having a non-brother on the on the ship would be really helpful. Um, 
Because I think that sometimes… Outside perspective. Yeah, just offer like some outside (laughs) perspective and like lift them up when they're feeling down. I think that mom does a great job and dad, you know, he's got his nose down. He's busy. So I think they could use like a strong male presence. man. Yeah. Yeah, That's the most Robotnik dude I've ever seen in my life. I'm telling you, dude. The Mega Man. There's Reddit Reddit threads on Reddit threads about, about that. It's crazy. But uh, but yeah, I think I would just sort of be like a morale booster. I think they'd be happy to have me. I think I'd get along very well uh, with the brothers. I think um, we have a lot of common interests, um, just like being silly. And so I think I think we'd have a good time. Just silly boys. I'm Doge. My job on the Sky Pirate ship would be morning announcements. Uh, and it'd be a lot of fun. We could have a show. We call it Pirate Radio. And everybody listen up to Pirate Radio for the morning announcements. Today, Good we're going to be talking about morning, what's- boy. <laughs> We're talking about what's on the menu in the Sky Calf. We're going to have a special interview with Mama. It's going to be great. <laughs> uh, I, my name's Carter. I'm Carter. And I'm I'm fine to be up in that crow's nest, to be honest. It does look fun. Just mm. unwind that boy. Start going up higher in the sky. And don't it always seem to go? Just unwinding that thing. <laughs> Get up there. Paving paradise. Singing along. I like some time to myself. People not, might yeah. not believe that. Those of you that listen to my solo podcast know that sometimes I just I like tried, but to it's, too, be it's alone. so quiet. <laughs> <laughs> if I tried to run and edit, it's and, just room noise of you just like <laughs> the fans just like, <laughs> Yeah, just some white <laughs> and occasionally Carter's like <laughs> I should keep more cereal around. <laughs> Just the I never have it when I myself. It. Did anybody's get like the little tummy feels that you do on a roller coaster when that crow's nest detaches and it's just floating on its own up there? I got I the tummy feels so when, fun. when he was climbing up the robot chute. Uh, whenever I see somebody up really high in a movie <laughs> or a show, my yeah. hands and feet start sweating. It's They're Clam sweating course. now talking about it. Cloud City vibes, dude. Yeah, very much. Yeah, just f- could just fall off. I appreciated the taking yep. off the taking off of the shoes for better grip because I imagine I imagine those those smart dude the rules those little clackers are pretty sweaty right now. Just yeah, stick. boots are made for climbing. Right onto the that'd be good. Better believe it. So, anyway, I, I never see climbers in boots. So you get clicks, I suppose.
Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands. And are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.